Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Chandler Volt here, and joining me today is David Allen. Now, if you never heard of David Allen, he's the productivity guru. Uh, he's, he's been around for a long time, and his best-selling book, Getting Things Done, Many people refer to it as the Productivity Bible. It, it is the book on productivity, and it's the book on getting things done. Now, he's got 35 years of experience as a management consultant and executive coach, and that's earned them t- the title of personal productivity guru. Uh, and I, I'm just really ex- excited to chat with David today about the getting things done approach to finishing your book or to writing your book. So, David, so great to have you with us. Chandler, delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. Awesome. Well, for, for starters, I want to go back to the beginning when you wrote your first book. And, and, and what made you interested in writing a book in the first place? And, and why did you decide to write that first book? Well, that's a very long story. I'll try to make it as short as I can. Um, you know, I've been doing this work uh, in my own personal consulting business and as it sort of went through several iterations for 25 years. And, uh, you know, it took me 25 years to actually figure out that what I'd figured out was unique and that nobody else had figured that out that way and that it was bulletproof. And I'd finally been able to test it in some of the most challenging, sophisticated professional environments you could ever be in. I, you know, I, my stuff went viral inside of a company that would spit you out in about two seconds if you couldn't stand toe to toe with absolutely the best and brightest. Maybe these guys are making more money in a year than I make in my life. So when my stuff went viral inside of that environment, I said, God, you know, I, I think I probably figured something out that's unique and that nobody can punch a hole in. So I wasn't a big, ta-da, let me just write a book and then figure out, you know, and then make that happen. I said, okay, um, I probably need to write the manual. At the same time, you know, I sort of reconstructed my small little company, bought out a couple of partners, and said, you know, I've been the major flag bearer of this stuff. I need to put my name on the masthead and then figure out what the hell I'm going to do with this that, that I've sort of figured out now. And I had the, so what I did, I, I had a, uh, I, I, I scheduled a day and paid for some very good friends of mine that were pretty sophisticated business people to come together as an advisory group for a day and just basically challenge me and throw me around. What, what do I do with all this? What do I need to do? And of course, their consensus was to write a best-selling business book. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to do that. Oh my God, okay. Okay, it actually had been on my someday maybe list that I probably should write a manual about this. In I got run over by a bus. You know, at some point, somebody would figure this out, but nobody had. And there was always much more complexity, more implications and applications and in and subtleties of this work that I was doing that I never had time to share with anybody. So I wanted to just put, get that all out of my head, get it into a manual. So again, in case I got run by a bus, you know, it would be out there. At least I'd have the manual. So then that's where I pulled the trigger and said, okay, now this is a real project called publish book on getting things done. 
and that was in 1997. And in 2001, I got on the shelf. So that was it was a four year agonizing process to, uh, to, to, to you know, essentially get my life's work out of my head, get it into a manual and put it into a published book form. Well, that's a very short version of a long story, Chandler. So. <laughs> now, <laughs> we did, can unpack that as much, as much as you want, sure. When, when you did first decided to do the book, what was the original intent? Was it just, hey, I'll, I'll get this out of my head and like you said, in case I get run over by a bus, did you ever see it leading into all of these other things and, and really being a huge no thing for growing? had no idea. My main thing was to get rid of the pressure inside of me to get this out of my psyche and into a manual that was externalized that, that, that then, and hopefully, because I didn't know, I had no idea whether I could put me into a book. I knew that I could inspire people, I could get people, you know, because I'd done this for 25 years, I knew that I could get people turned on to this stuff, but I had no idea whether I could actually get this information into some sort of sequential or some sort of cognitively, you know, sort of organized format that somebody could get, you know, that without me being there. So it was a, that was a big, big, big experiment. But I said, look, I got to just get it out of my head anyway and just see what happens. So I had no, you know, I had high anticipation and no expectation. Got about it. what would happen because it was a pretty noisy game even back then it was pretty noisy about time management personal productivity and organization stuff i mean it's like who knew whether this would stick whether anybody would recognize what i'd written whether even what i'd written could produce you know the value so it was pretty pretty big risk pretty big undertaking to just say but i just needed it. i figured i needed to do it and just see what would happen do you think having those lower expectations actually helped you get through the process? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to write a book because that's how you're going to make your living and, and pay your rent, you know, that's a different game. I didn't need to do that. I was, I, you know, I had my own career. I had my own business and, and, and my own work that was, you know, supporting my lifestyle at the time anyway. So I didn't do this for a money-making event. You know, ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, I said, yeah. If I'm trying to scale what I'm doing, getting this into a book, especially if the book got popular or got, you know, in some, you know, in some way, you know, some sort of a global traction. I said, well, that'd be really cool. That would help me do sort of the vision of this work, which was to, to, to transmit or translate this or make it available anyway to the, to the rest of the world. I knew by, this, by that point that this was global stuff. There were no cultural barriers. There was no gender barriers. There's no industry barriers to what, what I figured out and the methodology. So writing the manual for it was, you know, just kind of the next thing to do. So didn't know what, how, what, what would show up, but um, just had an intuition that that was the thing to do. Now, take us through your process for, for writing the book. I mean, any anytime you're writing your first book, it, it's, it can be challenging and difficult. So what was that like when you wrote your, your first book? And, and, and take well, us through the process of kind of how you did it. Yeah. First thing I did was surf the web called, uh, how do you write a book? How do you sell a book? Right. So I did a lot of just, you know, sort of cruising around and, and, and research about, okay, what's, what is the process of writing a book? So I think I, and I discovered back at that time, you know, this was 96, 97, I discovered 
there were two or three books out there about how do you write a book proposal? How do you sell a book? Whatever, because you know, if you want to get a book out there, there were lots of options. Even back then, you had the options of self-publishing. You had the options of doing other stuff. So it's like, where do you start? Do you get an agent? Or do you go right to a publisher and an editor that you know? Or what? You know, what? So there was that, and then the, and then the basic you know admonition of all these people was write your own business plan for the book. You know, if a publisher is going to publish your book, if you're not if you're not going to self-publish, then you better have a good reason for them to do it. You know, how will they make money doing this? So what's your market? You know, what's unique about your message? You know, who are you going to? Uh, uh, give me an example of of what you think is unique. Why you think the spin is going to help right now and and be attractive to people? Because come on, publishers aren't in this for pro bono. They they need to know is this going to be useful to them. So writing a business plan for the book, man, that's that was one of the most agonizing and probably one of the most productive things I ever did. And that's the first thing anybody. First thing I did. Well, the first thing I did was research all that and say, okay, I guess I need to now sort of write a plan about this. At the same time, in sort of parallel, I was going, I had a couple of friends and, and, and people and, and associates that I, that I knew in my network who were in the publishing business. So I also tapped them. You know, what do I do? Do I go right to whatever? And uh, bottom line was, I, and I made some mistakes, you know, because I knew some editors directly. I knew some people in the publishing business directly. I sort of sent them an idea of the book or whatever. Shouldn't have done that. But that's okay. Live and learn. At some point, you know, I met a guy. He happened to be the the head of the adult book division for Houghton Mifflin in Boston, and he was a little skeptical about whether I could even put myself in a book. But he also suggested, and it was good advice. He said, "If your book is, has potential national or even international distribution, in other words, it's broad, it's." Um, you know, it's, it, 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 will, it could potentially be valuable to lots of people as opposed to some niche thing like, like the sex life of the African juju bird, you know, uh, between 1965 and 68. You know, that, that would be a very niche market that you should probably just go to the people publishing those kind of things and not try to get an agent. But he said, if your stuff is potentially valuable in a much larger context and you're not known as an author, you better get an agent. And he said, by the way, I happen to, she's my next door neighbor. She's somebody who loves to, to agent for people that weren't writing. It's not their day job. So he turned me on to her and, you know, she's still my agent. And that worked very well because, you know, they're 15% man, way worth it if they know the business because they know the business, they know how to reach those people. But that's only if you're, if you're potentially into a much larger market, you know, of who, who your book and who your message may be useful for. Anyway, uh, so uh, Chandler, I have to tell everybody listening to this, I am not an expert in this field. I just got, <laughs> I just did what I did and you know, it worked for me to get me where I am, but I, I can't say that was the best thing to do. I can't say whether self-publishing or whether going to you know, a house, you know, getting an agent or going directly to an editor or publisher is the best way to do it. I have no idea. I only, I took one path. That was my intuitive sort of judgment about the path to take, and it worked for me. 
Got it. Now, take us through your your writing process. What did that look like, and and how did you go from like you said all these ideas in your head to getting getting it on paper? And what was your process for for actually finishing the book? Well, I've been capturing stuff for a while. You know, I use you know a, a mind mapping software on my computer that you know I've been capturing ideas. Called if I ever write a book, here's what it would look like, and I'm just grabbing ideas as they occurred to me. Like, well, that'd be cool for the book or a way to think about it. So I've been sort of nursing and nurturing multiple ways to think about, you know, content to put into a book for a long time. You know, at that point, when I started to put it together and I started to realize I needed to write a business plan for this and sort of create a structure for it, that's when I needed to sort of pull all that stuff together. And so I pulled out all that up and, you know, began to write a business plan. You know, okay, here's the thing, here's the here's the market, here's who I think this needs to go to, here's the unique message I have, and then write up basically a crude outline. You know, here's 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 I think what it would look like, here the con- here's the content that I would have. And so I, you know, took a lot of random notes I'd done earlier and you know began to organize them into a more sensible way, at least at, at the time that I thought uh, that that might make sense to somebody. And of course, when you're when you're doing a, a business proposal for an editor, at least I don't know if it's still this way, but it's, back then you had to write at least one or two chapters, you know, of a book, so they know what this was going to taste and feel like, you know, as part of your business plan. Look, and here's a sample or example of what you need to do. So it, it took a year. I mean, from the time I pulled the trigger to make this a real project, to actually get the agent, get, and then she got the deal. I had the, uh, you know, and, you know, while I was getting the agent, I was writing the business plan for her and she gave me feedback on that so that she could take that and then take that to, you know, publishers and get a deal. And then she got the deal. So it took a year to get to that, to, to get to that point. So that was the, the first year. It took four, again, four years from the time I pulled the trigger to those got on the shelf. Right. Then the, then the next year after that was writing the first draft that didn't work. Uh, so that was agonizing. Tell us about that. Actually, what, what were the lessons there? Well, I wrote it the way that I did a seminar. I used to, back at that time, I was doing two day seminars and, you know, if I had people for two days, I'd capture them, I could bring them in along in my own route, my own rhythm or whatever. And by the end of that time, they were there. A book's a very different medium, very different. And, uh, agonizing actually because i wrote it and i said this doesn't work it really doesn't work there were you know i had some well i'll back up Chandler. the first thing i wrote by the way and this is because i was familiar by this time already with affirmational and visualization and ideal scene uh sort of imagery processes and how powerful those are so the first thing i wrote were the reviews of the book so i literally sat down and wrote about 10 reviews you know and uh, unfortunately, the, fortunately and unfortunately, that raised the bar so high that in terms of the reviews that I expected I would try to create, I, I, I didn't, the first draft didn't work. I wrote it the way I did the seminar and that didn't work. So you know, I had the agonizing dark night of the soul. And I truly, after the first year, threw away my first draft, just started again. And I had one of those, uh, a big epiphany at that point called, well, here's what I actually wanted to accomplish with the book. You know, with getting things done, I wanted people 
to see the methodology quick if they were interested in that. I wanted to, to walk them through the, the coaching process about how people could actually implement this stuff. And I also wanted them to indicate the, and oh, by the way, here's the subtle, sublime stuff that happens when you start to implement this. And I tried to put all that in a linear form and it didn't work. So my big aha was write it in three parts. So getting things done got written in three parts. First part was here's the methodology. Here's, here's, if you want the blueprint, here it is. And by the way, if you want to implement the blueprint, you know, it's part two, let me walk you through the step-by-step -step about that. And then part three was, oh, by the way, if you want to know how cool this could be for you and your organization or for a whole culture to implement these methodologies. So I wrote it in three parts and that was the big aha. And that took the next year. So it took me the first year to write the first draft that didn't work. The second year, I wrote the second draft that worked. And then the fourth year was, okay, now we have it in there. How do we title the book? How do we position it? How do we create the, how do we create the image? What does the type need to look like for this kind of book? Who is this targeted for, et cetera? And that was, that's, that was a very interesting process because I was working with Penguin and, you know, Pearson, a Viking. I mean, this, this is a major publisher that, that I got to deal with. So, and these were smart people. I had a, a fabulous editor who was a great coach about, you know, how to, how to take this material and put it into a book format, which is very different than a live training format. Anyway, long answer to your short question, but that was the story. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement Let's talk a little bit about how, how is your writing methodology or the way that you write books, how has that differed from back from when you wrote that first book and you said, you know, you, you got the first draft and you said, ah, oh, this isn't work. All right, let's do the second draft. What, what are the lessons that you've learned not only from that process, but then in the books that you've done since then? One of the most uh, impactful things that I did uh, when my uh, publisher actually had a um, line editor go through my draft and then send me back their drafts of this. I was like freaked out. I'm not a guy, they're gonna lose my voice. They're gonna try to rewrite this stuff. And what I discovered was these people had an expertise and the way I framed it is to give my prose a bath. They cleaned it up. So what I said in 25 words, they said in eight or 12 and I went, Damn, that's really good. So you know what I did, Chandler? I actually took their edits and literally retyped and rewrote my book with their edits so that I would move my head into line editing consciousness to think about how could you really simplify what you're saying? You know, that's such an elegant thing. Um, I had a, a, a brother-in-law years ago who was one of the, 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 the sort of one of the key writers in the beat generation. And he said, editing is the art, you know? Yeah, you can write all that stuff, but then coming back and editing it 
like taking that stuff and then saying, okay, how does this really need to sound? How would you really best say this? And it was profound for me just to do that process. And then that changed my writing from then on. I was able to write more concisely, more essentially. Not dumb down, it's essentialize it. What's the essence of this sentence? What are you really trying to say? You know, and make that in a real sentence. I also had a coach, you know, my editor was such a coach at that time. And she said, David, a book is like, you need to write it as if you're putting a hand on somebody's shoulder on their easy chair. And then, you know, and then coach them into what you're talking about. Now, that was particularly about my book and, the, the, and, and you know, the getting things done methodology and trying to coach and train people into that what, with what I was writing. So I don't know if that was true for everybody, but I think that's a, probably a pretty universal, you know, good advice. Assume a book is like a very intimate thing. You know, people are on the toilet with it <laughs> or they're in, they're in an easy chair with it in front of a fire or they're, you know, in a park where they're just browsing through it in some way, shape or form. And so you need to be able to sort of reach that person in that way with a consciousness of, look, I'm here to just help and nurture and support and turn you on to this and make this easy for you to play and fun. So that was a great coaching. And she did, she did that, you know, like one or two just times where we talked, chatted about that. And that was great, great uh, coaching to me. So I've always had that image of hand on the shoulder of your reader, mm. you know, as, as a nice thing to hold in your mind as you're writing. I love that. So you're really talking. You're really talking to them. You're being intimate with them. You're 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 in their space. Got it. Okay. Now there's the constant debate uh, about writing in the morning versus writing after work or writing at night. Uh, what's your thoughts? Oh, <laughs> Who knew it? Look, I I had a whole day and a half job and was trying to write at the same time. It's fascinating how stressed I got writing a book about stress-free productivity. <laughs> but, you know, you know, you know. I'd be, at, I'd have a breakfast meeting with a client, do a stand-up seminar all day long with another client, have a have drinks or a dinner with another client, and then be in a plane for two hours and assume I could write the next chapter. It's like, <laughs> good luck. Who are you kidding? You know, don't kid yourself. You really need bandwidth and relaxed time and a stretched consciousness. You know, and and an expanded uh, sort of freedom of space to actually be doing this kind of writing. So that was one of the toughest things that I had to learn was that I needed at least four hours of time where I had nothing else to, de to do or to deal with or impinging on my consciousness in order to be able to get back into the flow of writing. You know, because I'd step in and try to write at those little short, weird windows of time when I didn't have the energy to do it and that I'd step on my own toes, I'd rewrite, I, I wouldn't get into the flow. And it was like, it was just like frust, it was like agonizing. So learning that I needed, you know, space to, to do that kind of thinking and do that kind of writing, that was a big lesson I learned. Got it. Now, a lot of people, when it comes to writing the book, uh, writing a book, they think, hey, I don't have the time. Uh, how do I make the time? I'm so busy, all of those things. What would be your, your recommendation to them to not only finding the time, but, but using that time well to get their book finished? Well, a lot of it depends a whole lot on what are your personal visions and goals. Do you want to get this thing published within six months or do you not care and you're just going to write the great American novel and, you know, whoever buys it, buys it, and it could be done 10 years from now. So, 
you know, that, that kind of framework is going to, def going to define a lot about how you then structure your life. So you actually get it done. So, you know, that given that you say, yeah, I want to get this out. I want to get it out within a year or two. I want to get a book published or whatever. Yeah. Then probably a good idea is to ask yourself, when do you do the best kind of writing like that? And in what way? And then start to structure your own personal systems to, to how do you structure that? If you're on planes a lot, sometimes that's the best time to write. Sometimes you need to just block off. Let me just go to Hawaii for a week, you know, and block out the rest of my world and just put it all to rest and then sit down and spend that time to really crank through it. So I think that's an intuitive judgment about how do you think you think, how do you think you think best, you know, in terms of, of that, but you do need some blocked periods of time and you need to, to be able to have freedom in your own consciousness and not be distracted by this stuff. So whether that's, you know, rent a villa, you know, in Tuscany, <laughs> you know, to write the book or uh, whether it's make sure when I'm on the plane, I shut everything else down and I handle all my emails and everything else. So I've got two hours on the plane from, you know, I don't know, San, San Diego to Seattle, you know, and, and that's when I'm going to you know, sit down and draft the next chapter. I've done all of that. So, you know, uh, uh, any of that can work, all of that can work, but I think you do need to, to realize you need dedicated time. You're not going to do this between the lines. You know, you actually have to build some sort of structure. It could be as small as, hey, simply on the next plane ride, but just make sure you clear your deck so that that plane ride is, is clean so you, you, you have the freedom for two hours to think about the book. Got it. Now, what what would be your recommendation for clearing or for making that time if you've already got an overworked schedule or if you're already just kind of maxed? Oh, that's really easy. Read my book, Getting Things Done, <laughs> Implement This Process. So that your head is not distracted by all the commitments you've got in your life and it doesn't pull on your psyche. Got it. No. So, sorry. That, that, and, you know, I'd give you the short versions of any of that. Get everything meaningful out of your head. Clarify what it means, what your next action is. Park that in the appropriate lists that you look at regularly so you feel comfortable with what you're doing and what you're not doing. You know, but you, you can only feel good about what you're not doing when you know what you're not doing. And very few people have a clue. So... Yeah, you need to implement the methodology about getting clear about what you're not doing and what the inventory of all your work and all your commitments at all different levels look like and get them out of your head and stick that out in front of you. Then you can, when you make a clear choice, hey, I'm going to take two hours on the plane and, and write the next chapter. That's a lot easier to do. Because your mind's a lot more clear. Of course. Got it. Now, what would be your top three productivity tips uh, for, for writing and for someone in the writing process of, of, of writing their first book and of getting it done? First of all, you need someplace to capture every single idea, little, big, personal, professional, not good, bad, who knows, any idea that might be relevant to your topic. You need a way to capture that and park it somewhere so you don't have to rethink that again. So uh, if you mind mapping, those are great ways to do that. You know, there's software out there that lets you do that. If you just create a, just a word doc, you know, and just start capturing ideas, you know, about stuff. Just don't lose any of those ideas. You don't know what gold there is in those ideas yet. Right? And you won't know that until you start to reframe this thing and start to pull it all together. So don't lose any raw data about that may be potentially relevant to the book. 
So whatever you need to do to do that, keep a pen, you know, here, you know, here's mine, pen and paper, notebook with me in my, in my back pocket, wherever I go, right? So God knows, you know, where lightning is going to strike in terms of a good, good idea. So you need to make, make sure you don't lose any of those. So you need to have a process to make sure that you've got a trusted capture system for random and raw ideas that might be relevant. That's, that's my first suggestion and probably the most important. And then uh, what would be the next thing? Well, the next thing would be to say then start an outline, whether it's a Word doc or some sort of outlining program or something. You know, go ahead and start to create a blueprint, as rough as it may be, about what this topic is and what are the key elements, the key components of this, as you might want to see it. And again, don't hold your, don't, don't beat yourself up if it's not perfect. It's not like you don't want perfection. You just want, you know, a rough draft. You know, best, best advice about writing a book is why they should be first draft. You need to get going. You need to get stuff out of your head, get it out there. So a raw capture and then a raw blueprint of where this might go and start your thinking about it. And the third thing would be to build, just build quality time to then take all of that data, both your raw data and your blueprint and think, think through it and see where it goes and, and, and follow your, you know, just follow the, the juice as it starts to show up. Got it. Those are some great tips. I love those. Did you learn some good lessons from when you finished getting things done? You know, uh, that was that was a long process, it sounds like, and, and, and many drafts and things like that. You learned some good lessons that carried over into the writing of books since then? Yeah, well, as I mentioned before, just doing copy editing and then redrafting based upon mm-hmm. their edits taught me a lot about how to think through writing a sentence. Get it simpler, get it more essential. Get as few words as you can to talk about what you really want to say with that. You know, so that's probably the biggest thing. I don't know that there's any bigger thing than that. But that's such a huge thing about how to write. You know, editing is the art, really. You know, anybody can come up with a bunch of crappy ideas, but then editing them to, 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 to create the, what is the essence of this? What am I really trying to say? And then spending time to, that's, the, that's managing the art of how you manage your language, how you manage wording, how you manage, you know, the, the, the sentence in your language, you know, and that, 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 that describes it. So I'd say that's pretty much it. You know, my, my books took on different forms. The second book, they just, you know, my penguin just wanted another book out because my first book was so successful. They wanted something to leverage it. And so I just took a whole bunch of blogs and essays I'd written on the web and had a, I actually hired a ghost Actually, they hired for me a ghost editor that then I just threw, you know, 150 essays I'd written and they said, make sense out of any of those. And uh, so they were very helpful to come back with some crude ideas or whatever. And then he and I worked together, you know, elegantly to, to sort of craft, you know, a compilation of my essays. But there was a, an overall framework that was nice and that, that took some thought to come up with. So that was a very different kind of book. Didn't didn't take the horsepower that it, did the first one because I already written all the stuff. It was just how to compile it and how to curate it, essentially, you know, in in some other format, more elegant format. And that was fun because that let me 
ready for anything was my second book and and the people who really read that go oh my god this is really the coolest thing because that was my more fun relaxed kind of oh by the way you know kind of kind of a way to write about all this stuff and that i was doing so that was fun the third book was you know it came along there were some things i discovered and uncovered and some sort of wider and deeper ways to take my original methodology so making it all work uh was the third book that i that i that i wrote you know, and that was just really taking the GTD methodology, taking it wider and deeper with things I'd understood about, uh, uh, you know, a, a couple of the ways to think about it, some other formats to think about it. And then um, I just rewrote the first book last year. So the revised edition of Getting Things Done, I got out. And I literally rewrote the whole book. I literally booted my computer and just literally started retyping my first book and saying, is this what I would say? Would I say this again mm. this way? And that then triggered a lot of sort of the more subtle thinking and the more awareness that I've come to over the last 15 years. And that's where the, the new edition showed up. So I don't know what there is, whether that's of any use to anybody listening to this, <laughs> but that was my, that, that was, that was my process. <laughs> Got it. Talk, talk to us a little bit about the second book. What was that process like working with a ghostwriter? Was it harder? Was it easier what was that process like? And was it more enjoyable? Like, just talk to us a little bit about that. It was actually fun. I was a smart guy. And I just threw all my essays and blogs at him and said, hey, here's, I think, what a kind of a crude way to organize this is. And you go through these and see which one of these. And he was kind of a newbie to my methodology, which was nice. Because then, then, then I could say, what rings your bell? Know, what what which one sort of sort of uh, blow your boat in terms of stuff that resonates with you? And so he came back to me. So we just went back and forth, you know, a few times, and, and it was pretty easy and a fun process, very valuable because he, that was the heavy lifting. You know, I'm I was too close inside of all this to try to make those kind of decisions. So it was nice to have an, a little bit of an outside view into my work to say what really resonates, what rings your bell, what you know what whatever and then and then I took that and then took that and and used that as a way to sort of access a more elegant framework about how I saw my material and you know that became the that became a way to organize those essays you know in a in a more structured way in the book so Got that it. was fun so you you it sounds like you found it helpful having someone else that was kind of in there doing a lot of the heavy lifting and then you'd be able to have it polish it off no kidding no kidding Interestingly, and you probably know this, Chandler, already, that most business books are not written by the guru or mm -hmm. by the guy they're written, or the woman. They're, they're written by somebody else. They're ghostwritten, most mm -hmm. of the stuff. You know, it was surprising to me when I went to my, to, <laughs> I went to the, the, the agent, you know, back in 1997 and, and gave her my business proposal and my two chapters I wrote. She said, well, who wrote this? I said, what do you mean who wrote this? She said, well, who wrote this? I said, I wrote this. She said, really? Because, you know, almost nobody in the nonfiction world writes their own books. At least <laughs> the heavy, heavyweight business stuff. They all have ghostwriters. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Because oftentimes you can speak, but you can't write. Or you can write, but you can't speak. Or you can, mm -hmm. you can lead, but you can't write about your leading. And, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a combination of, of expertise that's pretty rare to find somebody who can both talk about what they do, write about what they do, demonstrate what they do, you know, by themselves. 
So that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of interesting to me that, to, to discover that I was unique, that I actually wrote all my own stuff. I've written mm. every <laughs> single word, word that's published. You know, nobody else. Uh, but that, that said, I kind of, look, you know, there's nothing wrong with having somebody take who you are and what you think about and put it into, you know, uh, you know, and into, into, into a written form if that's not your expertise. I just happened to have a mother who was an English teacher. So I learned how to write, you know, by the time I was five. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that was a nice skill to have. I didn't realize that, that most people don't actually have that. Now, what was the what was the process like from going from because I know a lot of people, they might be thinking about doing their first book and they've got a lot of content out there. Right. Kind of like you, you the place you were at when you came to your second book where you've got all these blog posts and, and you've got all these ideas that have been written about. But what was the process from going from that to actually cons like refining that into book form? Although that wasn't hard. We, we decided what the format was going to be. Oh, let's just take a bunch of these essays and find some sort of a format to be able to put them in that makes sense and then leverage the success of the first book. So, so was it, was it that, a common that, theme? Was, was it like, how'd you decide on that format? Yeah, there were some common themes. I had to sit and think about it for a while to figure out, well, wait a minute, you know, these really sit into, into some specific kind of uh, categories. How could I frame all this writing I've done into three or four major themes and, and, and how they then tie together? So there was that good bit of sort of cognitive, you know, a gestation that I had to do to try to figure out how does this fit together? You know, what's the common threads here? So that there was a start and finish to it. Although that book was written, the nice thing about it was it was, you could just pick it up and, and flip to a page and, and read one. And, you know, they basically were chapters of, you know, one or two pages a piece and they were standalone events. So you could, you could enjoy it on the john, you could enjoy it, you know, just on the train, you could enjoy it wherever, and you didn't have to follow through with something. I mean, getting things done, my first book was a whole friggin' manual about how to implement this in your whole life. I mean, most people get overwhelmed when they see that first book, because I just threw it all in there because I didn't want to hold anything back on it. And I said, look, this is a holistic model. You really need to sort of understand this whole game. So it was kind of fun to do the second book because I could relax and say, well, I've already done it in the first book. I wrote the manual. Now let's just play. You know, mm. let's, let's just surf around and see, and see some of the fun about this stuff from a different perspective. Got it. All right, a couple final questions. So one, what was, the, what was the biggest mistake you feel like you made in writing the first book? And what was the lesson learned there? First mistake I made was assuming I could write the book. <laughs> in two hours on the plane after a full day and a half of work, you know, and trying to, you know, assume that, oh, oh it, this is easy to sit down and, and pick this up as opposed to, I need to block quality time to get myself into the flow of my thought process and actually work it. So that was the biggest mistake was assuming that I could do this easily between the lines as opposed to block out some fairly significant time frames or context to then give myself permission, you know, with the freedom to get myself back into the flow again and take this to the next level. So that was a biggie. Got it. Now, what would be your, your parting tip or parting piece of advice for someone thinking about writing their first book and how would you recommend, or what would be your tip for helping them get it done? 
uh, first <laughs> create some sort of a parking place for every single idea about the book. The title, the context, who you, this might want to be, what you might want to say about it, whatever. So any kind of a mind mapping or brain capturing or brain dumping kind of a, of a process, that's the first thing to do and have one place for that. So that whenever any ideas occur to you about that, you go back to and just keep adding to it. And then ask yourself, why do you want to do this? Is, is that what motivated you, know, you to get your book done? Knowing your why? One of the big motivators. Yeah, one of the big motivators, yeah. And so what's the purpose of this? You know? And to me, it was to unload my brain of everything I'd learned in 25 years of my career and to put it in a manual in case I could truly, you know, fell over dead the next day. I wanted to make sure I had everything I'd learned put into as best a form I could so that somebody could pick it up and pick it up from there. Got it. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on with us, uh, for sharing your journey, from not only writing the, the legendary book, right? The, the, the book that just, uh, that just rocked the world, but then also the lessons learned from that, from your next book, from your next book, uh, and, and just sharing your story with us. Uh, just before we go, where can people find out more about you uh, and where can people go uh, to either check out the book or see what's going on in your world? Hey, my books, the new edition is available wherever books are sold. So getting things done, you know, the artist stress for productivity, the new edition. So go find that and gettingthingsdone.com, our website. So you can go there and see we do coaching training programs. We're franchising our training around the world. So we've got programs going on lots of places where people can dig into this at whatever level they want to. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much. Chandler, my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.